You're listening to Pro vs. Slow with Peter Galindo and Rachel Rigney. Hello, welcome to Pro vs. Slow. I'm Peter Galindo. I'm Rachel Rigney. <laughs> and the reason we've called it Pro vs. Slow here is I'm a performance analyst for Canada Soccer. And I'm slow as fuck. <laughs> So we came up with this podcast probably like, what, a year ago we came up with yeah. the concept, I think? Yeah, on a drunken night in Scotland yeah. Yard. Yeah. It, was it Scotland Yard? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It was after my half marathon. I did a half marathon, everybody. Go oh, me. Yeah, that's right. Fun yeah, fact yeah, yeah. of the day. Yeah. That's actually probably the most impressive thing other than starting this podcast. Can't believe we actually did it because we've been talking about it for years. I know. Years it finally left the group chat. Yeah, it did. Um, so yeah, that's why we come up with the name. Actually, Rachel came up with the name, which was genius. Um, I'm actually quite slow when it comes to podcast names. Well, what can I say? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the concept of the show is pretty simple. Um, we're going to talk about a game from the past few days, keep it somewhat topical, and then... Rachel's going to have her observations and questions about what happened. I'll do my best to answer them. Eventually, we're going to incorporate some games and trivia and whatnot to test just how much of a pro, air quotes, I really am. So, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Okay, perfect. So, we're we're talking about Arsenal Man United today, um, which is very good because Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're an Arsenal fan, sort of. Kind of, by default. Yeah. As a Conan. Yeah. My, my partner is an Arsenal fan, so... I honestly am um, whoever wins, I'll be their fan. Okay. Yeah. So you're, yeah, yeah. you're a bit of a glory hunter. Then. I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Who do you support? I don't really support anybody. I'm oh. weird it that way. Okay. Yeah. I kind of now support Liverpool because of Ellen, my partner's uh, family. They all support Liverpool. Okay. So that is probably the closest I'd have. I mean, we both need to get our own ideas before we start this podcast probably. on who we actually support. Yeah. But, but we'll leave that what? for episode two. It makes two. it better because then we're never going to be biased, really. That's so, true. Yeah. That's true. Okay. I can't be biased. <laughs> Technically, you can. Yeah. Whoever you want. You can just be Maybe like, can, you know, yeah. fuck United. You, you can say that. I, I kind of can't. Okay. All right. So my first topic is going to be the teams and the layout of the teams. Okay. The team sheets. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Like who's team on the bench. Sheet, yeah. So my first point is Harry Maguire was on the bench. Do you think he's being punished? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Eric Ten Hag has actually said um, that... He's not in the first team picture. Um, they tried to sell him throughout the entirety of the summer. It looked like he was going to go to West Ham. They reached a deal. I think he reached personal terms, but then it collapsed because of a loyalty bonus payment that he was owed at United because he makes just a shit ton of money, okay. as you could understand. Yeah, yeah. And he, like anybody would, is like, um, can I have that money, please? And... United said, well, no, we're selling you to West Ham. That's why we're kind of letting you go so you can play a bit more, reestablish yourself. You'll still get paid handsomely. But he's like, no, I want that bonus. Um, And so that's why he has stuck around now because the transfer window closed last week and he's still at Man United. So that's why he's still there. Much to the chagrin of a lot of United fans. And do you agree that he can play okay for his country and not for his club? I would agree with that, yeah. Okay. I would say so. Because when you look at how... I mean, first of all, they play differently, tactically. And the way that England plays, similar to how Leicester played, which is his previous club. So when he went to United, that was the biggest talking point was, well, is he going to tactically fit into how they play? And the answer has been a resounding, hell no. He cannot. Yeah. I'm just unsure why Man United would want to get rid of their best player. (laughs) <laughs> I 
he didn't do that badly when he came on. To be I know, fair. I know, I know. <laughs> okay, my next one is Johnny Evans. Shakti got a contract. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Ironically, those two played together at Leicester. They started oh, together I didn't at know Leicester. That. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Johnny Evans was let go by United, what feels like 10 years ago now. I think it is, maybe a little less than that. Um, and he went to Leicester, did really well there. Um, and then he was let go because Leicester got relegated. So they had to trim their wage bill because when you go down, you can't necessarily afford the same player. So Johnny Evans left. United picked him up because they needed centre-back depth. He played for the club before. He has that United DNA, which sometimes is complete bullshit, especially when the club is in as much disarray as United is. Maybe back on track a little bit now. Um, But yeah, I I would say that um, I'm a little bit surprised he ended up at United, but they really had no other choice in terms of signing anybody because they couldn't get rid of Harry Maguire, so their their options were limited in terms of signing somebody. Okay. Yeah. And why do you think Man United Lab players go for free and then buy them back? In simplistic terms, because they are, like, just to kind of put it into, I guess, the slow terms, they're mm-hmm. morons. Okay, yeah, because um, yeah. it just doesn't seem financially viable. No, it, that it's not. Me. It's not. And that's why they have spent, I think, when it comes to net spend, their top three in the world when it comes to net spend over the last i think it's 10 years they've spent over a billion pounds and like that's including sales so after sales they've still spent a billion pounds and it's for that reason and they have no sporting director they really had no structure when it came to here's how we identify the signings here's our tactical philosophy can they fit into it yes no yes okay well then we are going to sign him if we can't get him then we go to the next person down the list that's how most clubs do it they were just like, oh, okay, we'll let the manager sort it out because that's what happened in the Fergie days. So they're still sticking with that philosophy, which has been kind of working under Eric Ten Hag, but he's just signing players that he's previously worked with, okay. which yeah. I guess makes sense. You go with the guys who you trust and and know, right? So could we, you know, take matters into our own hands and email the CFO and Man United because this is clearly not working? I, I'm honestly not joking. We could probably do it. Okay. We, we honestly could do it. I mean, you just pointed out there, it's not financially Fair viable. Enough. You could go to the board and just be like, um, guys, I don't think this is working. <laughs> We're losing a lot of money. Um, the Glazers want to sell the club. So do you think we could maybe bolster the shares a little bit by not just letting everybody walk away for nothing? Yeah. yeah. Could be helpful. Volunteer. Okay. My next section is my first-hand observations. Now, this is just what of the I... Game. Of No, of the team. Oh, of the team. I just okay. looked at the team, and this is just what came into my head. Okay, while you were watching. Yes. Okay. First point. Okay. Man United, why did they come on looking like convicts on day release? What is the story with that kit? Shocking. See, it's... <laughs> I actually quite like the kit. Yeah. I do. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I don't know. And you know what's funny too? A lot of United fans like it because it's... So, backstory. Like 20 years ago when the Glazers first bought the club, they don't like their owners, the Glazers, this American billionaire family. They also own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFL. Um, they started a protest and... In order to protest the Glazers, they wore green and gold. I don't necessarily know the whole backstory. More United fans will probably know about this. But green and gold is the sort of official colors that the anti-Glazer crowd wears. So the fact that it's green, a lot of United fans are like, oh, okay, nice, I'll buy that. Um, 
I, I don't mind the kit. Like, it's definitely weird not to see them wearing red or just a plain black like they did last year. Yeah. Or white. They usually go red, white, or black, which yeah. you really can't go wrong with. I mean, the brunch night this year, but I'm not here yeah. for it. Also, ironically, when you say convicts, um, the right-winger, Anthony, he is now... Uh, facing some heat because he has been accused of domestic violence by one of his girlfriends. I heard this. Yeah. Scandalous. So ironic that you said they came out looking wow. like convicts and he could be a convict. If the shoe fits. Very soon, yeah. My next point, does Arsenal have lightning bolts on their socks to make them run faster? And wh- why do you say that? You just think they were much faster? It must have been, yeah. Okay. Just- I yeah, I, I would say in general they're a faster team. Okay. So yeah, and you know, you know what's actually funny? This reminds me of a story. Speaking of pros versus slow, <laughs> so I remember after we, I was at the Gold Cup with Canada, right? It was the day after we played a game, and we were just kind of sitting in the room waiting for the meeting to start, and one of the assistant coaches said, "You know, sometimes after a game, actually, he says all the time after the game, I'll always ask my wife's opinion." of what she saw mm-hmm. and she always protests this by saying well why because i don't know anything like you're the coach you see it and he's like but sometimes we get so bogged down in the details about midfield rollouts back threes versus back fours like all these technical terms and we're like well, you know what if the rollout here had been a little bit earlier if we read this pressing trigger here maybe we could have gotten space here and then we could have gotten a shot off here and then sometimes his wife will just say, they, they were faster than you and they were bigger than you. That's why they beat you. And yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. Because sometimes it could boil down just to that. They're faster than you. They have more height. They put their chances away better than you did. Like, it's, sometimes it can be that simple because it's sports. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes it's not that deep. I know. It's a game. I know you're analyzing everything. Yeah. But like, at the end of the day, it's not that deep. They have to get one ball from yeah. one side to the other side. Correct. Like, you know? And put it in a net. Exactly. Yeah. So... Sometimes I do wonder if we are making way too much out of this. Yeah. Honestly. (laughs) Okay. And my last one is on the topic of socks. Why are they so long? And how do they keep them up over their knees? Okay. So sometimes some players will wear the low socks because it is just quite comfortable for them. Mm -hmm. And in fact, there's kind of a stereotype with low socked players in that those are the more technically gifted players. They're the ones who are like, you know, just class on the ball. Okay. Um, whereas the high socked ones are kind of the more, for lack of a better term, like the flashier players. Oh, okay. You know? Um, so not all of them do wear high socks. And then in order to keep them up, if you actually were to put on a sock, it's actually, I don't think it's too dissimilar to um, when girls put on pantyhose. You know how like like the upper part is kind of tighter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's the same thing with the socks. Okay. So, like, the top part is a bit tighter, so the further you pull it up, it stays up. So, it's like a built-in Spanx. Yeah, basically. Oh. Actually, that's a good way to describe yeah. it. Yeah. It's almost like Spanx. Oh. Yeah. Very good. I need to get a pair done. Okay. Will we move on to the game itself? Yeah, go for okay. it. <clears throat> My first point is, oh, Nana <laughs> was very calm with his passbacks. Yes, he was. I was very surprised with the short passes. He didn't get caught it. Okay, so yeah, that's why they signed him, actually. Oh, no way! Yeah, he actually played for that manager at Ajax, Eric Ten Hag. So before he came to United, he coached the biggest club, arguably, because I don't want to piss off any Feyenoord fans or anything, but arguably the biggest club in the Netherlands, Ajax. And 
Andre Onana was his starting goalkeeper there. And he has this um, reputation of being just super calm on the ball, really good with his distribution, whether it's long passes, short passes, what have you. Um, and that's part of the reason why he got signed. And he actually got dropped by Cameroon at the World Cup because the coach and the sporting director didn't like how high he played off his line. They preferred a goalkeeper who just stayed on his line, didn't just was basically a keeper of goals. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And so he was like, well, fuck this, I'm leaving. So he actually left. And then he retired from Cameroon. He's only just come back because they were able to patch things up. And now he's back in the picture. He got called up for this window. But yeah, so that's that's why he... Uh, it, it, sometimes it looks very risky, but those passes are sometimes made. So like, let, let's say it's, it's a very close call from getting turned over. Those passes are helpful because you can just break through... A forward line that's pressing you all of a sudden you eliminate two players you then have space to run into really that's what the, the sport's all about it's not too dissimilar to gaelic football it's mm -hmm. all about creating space yeah. for people right yeah, yeah. and that's one way to do it so didn't he get done for doping he did he did and he was suspended for that and then that's when he left ajax he joined inter um in italy and became the starting goalkeeper got into a champions league final this past year did really well but then United came in, offered 50, 60 million for him. Inter is broke, basically. So they were like, we need to get this money to make sure we don't go under. So yes, we will sell you. Um, and yeah, that's, that, that is definitely true. He did get caught for dope. I actually forgot about that. What is that like? They take your blood out and put oxygen in it, is it? I don't know how they actually do I, I think it might just be urine tests. Yeah, but how do they actually dope? Oh, I see. I don't. I don't know what he got done for. I th it was some sort of a um, a supplement that I think he was taking for an injury recovery, and I think there was a steroid in it that oh. was illegal or something like that. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So I think, th and then obviously when he did his urine test, and I think they also do blood tests at times as well. They obviously saw this and thought, well, what's this? Yeah, yeah. This was on the banned substances list. He appealed it, lost, and ended up getting banned. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> my next point is the chaos at the 12th minute three arsenal attempts to score not one fucker could strike and get it in the back of the net including kai havertz who yes. apparently couldn't finish what, what, what did conan say his breakfast couldn't finish his breakfast yeah um that's his reputation actually is that he, he tends to bottle a lot of, yeah which is unfortunate for his partner i guess um yeah he he had a really good chance to score early and flubbed it yeah um that's kind of what he does which is weird because when he was in Germany, he was actually quite good at finishing those exact kinds of chances. The cutbacks where he runs into the box late and just pops it into the bottom corner. Yeah. But he can't seem to do it in England wow. since he moved. I was yeah. very disappointed in that. Yeah. Um, Rice's header at the 18th minute wasn't mm -hmm. even near the stadium, never mind the net. I don't know where that was meant to go. Ridiculous. Okay. Arsenal did seem to be playing a lot of the football though. They did. It must have been the lightning bolts. Yeah. Um, the referee, I thought he was letting everything go. Which tends to happen in the big games. Didn't make a lot of calls. Yeah, like, it tends to happen in the big games because you know, they don't want to be the story, you know? Exactly, but if that was GA, like, nothing would be let go. Oh, of course. You know, yeah. so... But that's the difference in officiating. The officiating in football is exactly. tragic sometimes, yeah. you know? Uh, Martinelli played very well. He did. Yeah. Um, Rashford's goal came out of nowhere. It did. And that was by design, I think. Oh, so really? if you actually look at how United was setting up... Were you wondering why they had all their possessions sort of in their defensive third? Yeah. 
and why it seemed like Arsenal was maybe a bit more threatening. I feel like it was by design to slow the game down because they knew Arsenal was fast. They knew they have players that could hurt them. So what they were trying to do was either through Onana, through their center backs, whoever happened to be on the ball in that situation, try to attract Arsenal when they were off the ball more narrow, have Rashford sort of go out wide where there was space, hit a diagonal into him, and then just run at Ben White one-on-one and try to get a shot off. And the one time it came off, it worked. Yeah. It was fortunate, but it worked. Okay. So they were honestly a few minutes away from honestly winning the game through that strategy yeah. too. So I thought yeah. it definitely gave Manuel a lift. It did, um, his, yeah. extra touch just, his extra touch just made it. Yes. Um, two minutes later, yeah. absolute shocker. This is, yeah. where, this is where the drama came in. This yeah. is when it started getting good. This I'm not going to lie. Sports, yeah. I was hating life up until this point and then I thought, okay, okay wow. <laughs> Bit of drama. We like to see it. Okay. Um, Man U turned their backs. Uh, not one Arsenal player was being marked. Yep. Um, it was shocking. Then yep. the game started to get spicy. That's yes, when it happened. Great yeah. player from Odegaard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who's slowly becoming arguably the best player in the league. Um, my next one was Havertz. Mm-hmm. Bum block. I don't know if you've seen this. It was like... Ass to the grass. He uh-huh. was like, boop, yeah. boomping it out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Although it worked. His it defense did work. tactic worked. Sometimes, sometimes you have to do what you have to do. 10 out of 10. There was, there was uh, I think it was up the 2010 World Cup, John Terry, England's centre-back. Um, he realised very quickly he needed to block a shot. He was on the ground and he ended up just sticking his head out in the lane of the shot. Got the block off and I'm like... You don't have a concussion after that. I'll be shocked because yeah, that, that's you're that you're some, going at some speed, like some force. At ball. least 120 kilometers an hour. Really? At least. Oh my god. Depending on, you know, the kind of shot. But yeah. What is the cutoff for a handball? Is it from your neck to your? The hips? rule, yeah, the rule changes all the time, which is why people get confused. But basically, if your arms are tucked in and it's from such a close distance, it's fine. Okay. Um, if you. If, if the ball, basically, if you shoot the ball and your arm impedes that shot from maybe potentially going towards goal or like you have your arm out and then you bring it in, that could be whistled for a handball. It's all very much an interpretation. I just don't think it's very fair if you're running away and they hit it at you and yeah. it hits your arm and you're like, yeah. well, I was just most of the time, away. Like, yeah, most of the time they usually let you get away with that, but okay. there are times when they're like, no, that's a handball. And you're like, well, that's oh. harsh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, the 54th minute, Ramsdale did some great blocks. He's very fast. Yes. Um, the drama again of the penalty at the 58th minute was yeah. overturned. Yeah. Scandalous. Did now, you think it was a penalty in real time? Um... I did actually. Yeah, yeah, so did I. Yeah. And then when you saw the replay and they overturned it, did you think that's the right call? No, I still thought no. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't really understand the offside rule, and apparently it's changed and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't get past that because I couldn't stop laughing at the TV. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he's had this in school, but in primary school, if it was like raining, mm-hmm. we had one of these TVs and they wheeled it in. Yes, and yeah, you knew yeah. like, oh, you're getting yeah, to watch TV yeah, today. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I just couldn't believe the VR was like one of them TVs. Like, I just yeah. thought it could be so, something more technical, yeah. but it was just like a little primary school TV. Yeah, yeah like, literally. Yeah. I think see. because you're so far away from 
they need to keep it far away enough from the crowd that they don't kind of interfere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because the touchline at Arsenal is so massive, it's a long way for the referee to run. He's already running 10K during the game. He's like, fuck, I got to run another yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, kilometer yeah. now to, in order to get to the VAR screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they're like, all right, we'll make it easier for you. Let's go. Um, what did you think when you watched it back again? Like, I could see why they wouldn't call it, but there was definitely... I feel like contact doesn't necessarily equal foul. I'm also a goalkeeper, so I don't mind it if those situations aren't called. Okay, yeah. Because then it just makes our job so much harder. Mm -hmm. So I I could see why it was overturned. But in real time, like, oh yeah, definitely got got fouled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Onana had a dirty save at the 83rd minute. Against Saka yep, with his right. leg. Yeah. Did you see? Is it? It was like a little Michael right. Jackson, like yeah. dance. Like he's he's actually a very flamboyant goalkeeper <laughs> in that way. He is. He'll like he'll he'll come up with. I feel like he's also very flexible from the looks. He of must it. be. He must be. Because yeah. like the way that he can contort his body into like these weird angles. Yeah. I'm like, if I did that, I would break my hip. I, <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Because there are times when I try. I'm like, I oh, you know. I'm gonna try to. You know, make that kind of a save, and the, and I try, and I'm like, I am sore for a week. Not I try to tie my shoe, and I near fall over. Like I don't know how he's at that. Um, Johnny Evans came on in the 83rd minute. He wasn't good enough eight years ago, but he's good enough now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clearly, how time how time changes. Um, my question, must be that United DNA. I must be. My question to you is: Would you come back if you were sold? Depends how much they paid me. I'm it's a mercenary. It's all about money, isn't it? It is. Like if you, so everyone kind of giving these players grief for going to Saudi Arabia. And like, I understand the moral problems behind it. But like, if you were offered what is essentially, for some players cases anyway, quadruple or quintuple the salary, would you go for a year or two? Like I would. Yeah. yeah Come on. I know. Are you kidding me? Especially when it's untaxed. Yeah. Straight into your bank account. Like there was a story when Neymar moved there. Um, that it was revealed that these star signings can get 50% of their guaranteed money up front right away. So like if they sign a two-year contract for let's say 300 million euro, they can get 150 million of that straight away right into their bank account. Wow. Which is yeah. nuts to think. Yeah. And what are you going to do with that money too? I know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, to, to answer the question, I would 100% only determine it based on how much they paid me. Okay. If they pay me enough, I'd be like, yeah, fuck it. I don't care. So I don't care if you bin me off. Do you think it's not about the football? It's about the money. I think so. Really? Especially now. For some players, it might be. Even Messi. For Messi, no. Because I think his wife and family really wanted to live in Miami. Because who wants to live in Riyadh? Yeah. If you're, you know, an Argentinian woman with three kids or four kids, you probably don't want to go. They'd much rather prefer Miami. Yeah, yeah. Right? And either way, you're not paying tax. So. Ah, uh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. You know, he has a haircut before every game. He flies his barber around the world. I could see that. Yeah. He I gets paid a fortune. You know what? When we're in um, camps, I feel like once every five days, the players will just call in a barber in whichever city we're in, and they'll just come in and cut everybody's hair. No way. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm going into the equipment room, and there's, you know, Alfonso Davies getting a fade in the equipment room as I'm trying to find like quick goal sheets for the coaches to like draw on and oh I'm like oh God, okay hey, what's up you oh know yeah God. yeah yeah but you know what you look good you feel good exactly that's how you know you've made it yeah Jeez. you know what if you look beautiful you'll feel beautiful yeah <laughs> quote of the day guys yeah. 
Um, the goal at the 80th minute, I actually got confused with the penalty, but okay. um, offside. Yeah. Can you explain the offside rules? To me, apparently there's new rules. Something about an arm, if yeah. something goes over. So did you see those lines that were being drawn? Yeah. Sort of di- or vertically from the grass up to the player? Yeah. So the cutoff is the armpit. Right. Basically... This is not playable because it's handball, right? But the armpit is. I don't know when a ball would hit an armpit, but if it did, it's legal. So that's the final cutoff for the player. It's it's the head, basically everything but the arms. So like basically whatever is the furthest forward, that is the cutoff for the player. Mm-hmm. So when the ball is kicked, or basically, yeah, when the ball is kicked, if the player is ahead of the if the attacking player is ahead of the last defender mm-hmm. then he's offside okay if he's in line with him or behind him onside okay so and the reason why garnacho was offside his armpit was slightly ahead of i believe it was gabriel who was the last man slightly ahead of his armpit like by literal millimeters like i don't know what we're doing yeah that's, but that's ridiculous. they've proposed a law to make it and I don't know how this would change it, but at least you'd get fewer of those fractional offside goals. Yeah. They've changed it, or they want to change it so that if there's daylight between the last defender and the attacker, then it's offside. But if you're basically like in line and there's no real separation in terms of like actual, you know, daylight, yeah, yeah. then you're you're fine. Okay. Which yeah, I yeah. think would be kind of better because yeah. it would. Get a few more goals. You'd have less of those decisions. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, and then Arsenal's two injury time goals. And mm-hmm. um, I feel like they added on a lot of injury time. Yeah, and that's new this year. So they're trying to curb time wasting, which I don't completely understand because then they don't add on time in added time if you're time wasting. So like, what's the point of adding time? to combat time wasting <laughs> if you're then going to time waste in added time without any repercussions. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, and, yeah. And like, it was also apparently really hot in London that day. I think it was like 30 degrees or something. And you're already playing a 90 plus minute match. If you're adding on 10 minutes to the end of the second half, five minutes to the end of the first half, another 15 minutes, like that, that's yeah, quite it, a bit. It, yeah, it makes you a know, difference. Especially like... at high intensity. Definitely. Like, I mean, I, I played in the humidity two days ago. I thought it was going to pass out. Yeah, I'm the same. You know? I don't know how they do it. I don't know how. Probably probably, probably drugs. <laughs> probably doping. Yeah, probably doping like Andre Onana. <laughs> <laughs> That's all my notes. Wow, you actually had some good observations. Do you think that Arsenal deserved to win? No, I actually was going for Man U from the start. Interesting. And then after the two last minute goals, you know, I told you I changed. Yeah, and it yeah. Goes on. So then I started supporting Arsenal, but okay. no, I was going for Man U from the start. If you had to pick th- your three favorite things based on what you saw about Arsenal, what would they be? It could be literally anything. The high socks, the kits. The, the lightning bolts. Yeah, the lightning bolts. did it for okay. me. Okay. <laughs> um, their manager's really sexy. Okay, Mikel Arteta. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you think he has Lego hair? Kind of. Because, like, like that was a meme on the internet for oh, a while. Really? It was like, he has Lego hair. <laughs> like, you know, whenever you look at basically Lego men figures? Yeah. And they have that same hair? I've never seen it out of place. Whether he was a player, whether he's a manager, what have you. I, like, I think he's, like, a really good-looking Simon Cowell. 
That is unbelievable. I have never seen that. Oh my God. I'm going to pull up photos right now and look at this. Hold on. Mikel Arteta. Guys, I'm actually typing this. Mikel Arteta and Simon Cowell. Oh my God. I could actually see it. Like his, and I am his showing Ellen this. Dad after. or something. Yeah, I could see it. And he's 41. My God. How old is Simon Cowell? I must be close to 60, I feel. Yeah, 63. Yeah, he's. He's, but he's, had he's so not looking deadly, isn't he, Simon? I'm, I'm, not looking great. No, but no. he is also over 60. And he's, he's trying had... his best, but he, you can't turn back the clock, can no, you? No, you can't. Unfortunately not. Um, my last point about Arsenal is, you know, I went to Emirates Stadium. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Had okay. my clue. Um, how to get there. <laughs> I actually didn't know it was his own station <laughs> until we got there. Yeah, it but is. Planned the trip, got there, watched yeah. the friendly game. Yeah. It was really good. Nice. Um, I used to love Ouzel. Yeah. Yeah. Class player, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a brilliant day. I'd really recommend anyone to go to Arsenal and experience the fun. It's apparently very expensive. It's very expensive. London itself is very expensive. Yeah, yeah I'm not surprised. Every place is expensive yeah. now. Lad, we're living in Toronto. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, we are. And honestly, Ireland's not getting any cheaper. <laughs> oh, yeah. My God, yeah. All right, well, those were good observations. Well done. Thanks, man. Um, do, do you feel any smarter after, no. after the last 29 or so minutes? No, I feel like I did really well to get through the whole match without looking away. You did better than Ellen did. Yeah. Or would would do, anyway. Um, only because it got a bit spicy, but if it, that didn't happen, I would have really struggled. Yeah, I would recommend watching only the big games yeah. if you want the drama. Yeah. Because honestly, like, do you ever hear whatever guys are just like, I can't understand how women can watch like Made in Chelsea or yeah. Love Island, but the drama is amazing. By the way, I love those shows too. <laughs> the drama is unbelievable. It's like a drug, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like sometimes the Premier League could be like the male version of Made in Chelsea or Love Island and that you get that drama and you're just talking about it for days on end. Yeah. And the way that some of us, not me, but some of us would say to our girlfriends or wives being like, how could you watch that shite? Like it's all, yeah, you yeah. know, like real, it, they could say the same thing to us. Like, how could you watch that shite? It's 22 men in little shorts running around chasing a ball yeah. on a patch of grass. Mm-hmm. Like how could you find any enjoyment or drama out of that? And you're like, you just don't understand. Like, I feel like it's you know? a bit dull. It could be a bit more commercialized. You know, like the Blue Jays, it's like, like, yeah, that's the one thing Europe hasn't quite done yet. I think England's slowly going there because of all the sponsorship and all the money that's involved. Yeah. But yeah, that's actually the one thing that a lot of like Irish who come over here or English or Europeans in general who come here and they all say like, they either love it because it's just so OTT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they hate it because it's so OTT. Yeah. Or it takes so long, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we have a friend, who, uh, Katie, as you know, um, probably she should lo- change names on this podcast just in case, but <laughs> she loves the Blue Jays loves partially Blue Jays. for that. Will go on her own, loves the Blue Jays. Looney Tuesdays alone, like Dollar Hot Dog Tuesdays, yeah, yeah, yeah. that alone is worth going, yeah, to be fair. It is, yeah. yeah. What's the most amount of hot dogs you've had at a Blue Jays game? I think six. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I also didn't eat much that day. Okay. I feel like if I did eat properly maybe three or four they're small enough like you could easily put three or four back yeah yeah anyways we're getting off the rails um so yeah this is the first episode of pro versus slow 
I have been Peter. She has been Rachel. We will see if we do this again. It, it, it's very possible we may not because we just die of cringe listening back to this. I have um, never listened back to this. Yeah, I don't think you ever will. That's the hardest part, honestly. Sometimes you have to critique yourself. you got to go back and listen to your own droning voice. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, if we do this again, I will see you potentially next week or two weeks from now whenever we decide to do this again. Uh-huh. It's been fun. It's been great. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me.